Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. This season, we'll be covering all things wealth, from owning it to maximizing it. For further information, or if you'd like help accelerating your wealth directly, please do contact us. Head over to our website, www.rebeccarobertsonevo.co.uk. So Julia, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm really excited to have you here with me today. Hello. Um, <laughs> and I, I, you know, I say to people, do you know Julia Bernard Thompson? And if anyone says no, I'm like, well, how do you not know this woman? She's like a firecracker. She's a force to be reckoned with. You've got to know Julia. And we've known each other eight years, right? I think, it, I mean, I've been running my business for eight years, so I must know you that long. Yeah, I think it's that to, long. Yeah, I remember going to your house in Gravesend and sitting at your front room um, having a cup of tea um, many, many years ago. So Yeah, that's, uh, yes, because I've been living in this house six years already so that was definitely before that time so yeah it's about eight years incredible yeah. and I think what's really interesting in business is when you're seeing you see people's growth and you see like not to say you weren't amazing then you're you were equally as, as amazing then but it was the, the transformation um is quite Im- immense really and I I'm really excited to talk to you today and I don't know what you're going to say I always say this with these uh, wealth series as I call them um, I, n- I never know what anyone's going to say I just know it's going to be interesting so what what does wealth mean to you Julia like you've gone through such a transformation and if I I still follow you online and I see your posts and you talk about money in such an open way that's amazing and I think that might be quite scary for some people if they're not yes. in the right mindset. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me, first of all. So what wealth means to me, I talk about money a lot. Anybody who follows me, I think people just know that I have something to do with money, but they're like, they're never quite sure what. So in a nutshell, you know, as Rebecca said, on the intro, I teach premium high ticket sales to mainly Christian coaches, but I have clients who believe all sorts and run all sorts of businesses. And what wealth means to me is, I'll say freedom of choice is the main thing. And that's something that I instill in my clients because when you have money and wealth, you get to make different choices in life, whether we like it or not. I know somebody might have listened to that answer and thought, well, no, I can choose to do what I want to do. Well, Yes, but whenever you have to make a decision and you have to go, I want this one, but that one's less expensive or lower price, that's making a decision based on what's in your bank account. And that's what wealth means. It means that you get to make different choices. You get to live in a different kind of house. You get to drive a different kind of car. Yes, and that might sound materialistic, but you also get to donate to causes that mean a lot to you you get to send your children to better schools like the list goes on and on and on and those things come back to choice and those things Mm -hmm. come back to having the money to say yes this is what I want to do because if if there's a difference between the decisions that you make and I say this from somebody who's been there sitting in a little you know one bedroom flat in London that was run by a housing association and for people who don't, I'm not knocking anybody who lives in a housing association flat. Don't send me hate mail. But it was because I was on a low income and the rent was highly subsidized and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to choosing 
to live in a very nice, you know, three bedroom house with a huge garden and a double car garage and blah, 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 blah. Money made that possible. And there's no other way to say that. No, exactly. And, and I was brought up in a council house by my single parent dad. I, I don't come from an affluent background yeah. in that sense at all. Um, and now I've got a four bedroom semi detached. And a know, horse. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> and a pony. Yes, yeah, so everyone knows about my horse. Yeah. I got my pony. I talk about that in my group, my money mastery group. Like, what's your pony? Like, <laughs> What's your goal, right? What are you yeah. trying to achieve? Because so many people are looking to strive for so much, but they don't really know what they're striving for. Yeah. Another thing on a personal note, um, and this isn't a secret, and it's quite funny that we're having this conversation now, because another thing, especially for women, because I know your audience is you know, predominantly women, mm. it means you get to choose if you stay in a relationship or leave, and I say this very carefully, so it's public knowledge, my husband and I, as I call it, have just transitioned our marriage, (laughs) um, out of our marriage, and it's all amicable, it's all good, but let's just say that I didn't have access to funds, let's just say that I didn't run a, a business for myself and have my own money, and I know this is something that you really, really stress with your um, audience Rebecca is to really know where the money's going know what's coming in know what's going out I wouldn't have been able to say you know what yeah it's cool let's this is not working you know we, we couldn't it would have been a different conversation because in the back of my mind would have been can I can I pay for a place on my own like can I buy food on my own and let's face it there are times when women stay in situations and my situation was not life-threatening or bad or, or anything like that but there are times when women end up staying in domestic arrangements that aren't serving them because they don't have the money to leave. And I've just been talking to somebody this morning that's running an event tomorrow um, in, in aid of women's aid. And I've actually said, I don't, I don't, I'm not interested in the sponsorship. I'll just send you the money to sponsor it because it's women's aid for that exact reason. And it, what you just said is, is, is exactly spot on. Um, and, you know, this is something I haven't spoken about a lot myself because I, you, I think with money we get, um, even if you've got money, you can somehow have, have shame around it. Yes. Um, and you're scared to show people that you have money because you're worried what they're going to think of you. Yes. Um, and I've actually run my business um, for eight years. I've worked, I think anybody that knows me would know that I've worked hard and I've worked well and efficient and I've, you know, people have come and gone and I'm still here, you know, type of thing. And, um, I've, I've, but I've actually financially never had to work. Um, and that might surprise people. Um, yes, where we've got to, you know, I have more than contributed to our family, but the, the reason I've done that is because of my drive to be financially independent myself, regardless of actually the need to. And I don't mean that in the sense that other people, um, should be doing the same because they're in, you know, if they're in a loving relationship, their husband works or partner works full time and they've got children that they should make the same choices as me. Not at all. There's times where I think well, I'm completely crazy. I'm sending the kids to the childminder or a nanny and I'm paying all this money out for what purpose that I'd question that. So yeah. there's no judgment on my part, but my main key driver was I did all of that because my, my husband, we've been together 20 years, but if anything was to happen, I want to be able to stand on my own two feet. Absolutely. And, you know, like I'm child free and my ex and I 
like for two years running it was quite funny for three years running actually we've had major surgeries and one of one of the years it was me I couldn't work for six weeks um the and the following two years it was him and he couldn't he was off work for about three months each time and you know what there was not not a panic yes you we had to make adjustments because you know you want to be mindful because trust me when when lots is going out (laughs) it's not coming in you kind of look at your savings like "Hmm, what is going on over there (laughs) you know that handbag and pair of shoes wasn't a good idea exactly but the thing is in the grand scheme of things we knew that there wasn't going to be a real cause for panic that Mm -hmm. I could have recuperated at a pace that suited me that he could have recuperated at a pace that suited him and there was no real cause for, oh my gosh, you know, you've got to go back out to work ill. Imagine having to go back out to work, you know, ill. And, and again, it, you know, it ties back mm. to the choice. You were able to make a different choice to have the, um, the money, sorry, to send your children to the childminder to pay a babysitter so that you could have the time for yourself. How many working moms mm. are trying to do everything? And again, it ties back to, if you're not creating enough wealth for yourself as a woman, you mm. don't get to make that choice. You don't get to say, well, I'm sending the child to the childminder because I know I can pay for it. And it doesn't even become a discussion. Like one of the things for me was having a housekeeper. And mm. I've always had help at home, even though, you know, we have no children. But even when we lived in a two bedroom flat, I had help in, in the flat because I am not, like, you all look at me, those of you who can see this video, I was not designed for housework. <laughs> yes, yeah. I know that is a scandalous thing, but I'm But saying. you like to cook, though, don't you? I like to cook and bake, but I don't You're like the cleaning up. You're such a baker. I don't like the cleaning up. So you see, I like having somebody who can do that. I don't mind the cooking and the baking. I love entertaining. And whenever, you know, um, I do like entertaining. And whenever... I would have people over because I haven't like had anybody over because we can't <laughs> in the last oh. few months. Um, and so for the sake of context, we're having this conversation when COVID-19 restrictions are still in place. So nobody's mm. going anywhere. But guess what? When I have people over, my housekeeper comes in and this, you're going to think this woman is a complete diva. Yes, I am. My yeah, housekeeper yeah. comes in in the morning. Yeah. She gets the place. Yeah, she gets the place, you know, freshened up. If my friends, whoever's staying overnight, she gets the, you know, spare room done, blah, blah, blah. I can just relax and actually enjoy having people coming over. I do the cooking and the baking. That's the bit that I love. And then I can just put everything to one side and she will come back in and wash everything up and put it all away. Now, for context, I did not grow up like that. I'm an immigrant. I came Mm. to the UK at 21 with 400 pounds to my name. I put myself yeah. through university. I worked really, really, really hard. Three and four jobs. Do not even ask me how I did it because I certainly couldn't do it again today. What did you do as a qualification? So I did me? applied science and forensics. Applied science at undergrad and forensics at master's. Um, so yeah. I worked really hard to be able to afford to do that because I was an international student. I was paying a high, high rate to go to university in the UK. 
It didn't have any access to student loans or grants or anything. So every single penny of my education, I worked hard and paid for and mm. my mom supplemented as best as she could. But you're dealing with an exchange rate. My family, you know, I grew up in Trinidad. You're dealing with an exchange rate of, at the time, I think it was 13 Trinidad dollars to one pound. So imagine if my mom has to send me a hundred pounds, she's to find 1300 wow. Trinidad dollars to send that to me. You know, so when you think about it like that, like I didn't wow. come from a place of having a housekeeper to clean up my mess. But that's no. something that I worked really mm. hard for through my business. Mm. And I but do you feel, do you feel that you myself. need to justify yourself though, Julia? For oh that? yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, but why? Well, first of all, there's, there's like, my mom thinks I'm scandalous. <laughs> I love your scandal though. I think you're brilliant. <laughs> my friends think I'm ridiculous. I probably am. Um, but there's a little bit of guilt, if I'm honest. Um, you know, it's part guilt, part, well, I don't really care. And the, the reason why you asked me, do I feel as if I have to justify it? And a lot of women feel that way. And side note into a bit of money mindset. It's actually why a lot of women under earn because mm. women are conditioned to be the givers and the nurturers and the ones who do without. And when if we have something and a family member needs it, money or otherwise, a woman will be the first person to say, okay, I won't have it. If, if you have to make the choice between, let's just say something terrible happened and you, you lost all of your money, um, mm. you know, and you had to choose between feeding your children or feeding yourself and feeding your husband, mm. your husband and your kids would eat and you would eat less. That's what women do because we've been socially conditioned to do that. And it's a, it's, a, it's a real head flip sometimes to say, hey, we get to have fun with our resources first and we get to say no when people ask sometimes because you know that you've lent them three times already and you're not going to get it back. So why are you going to lend them a fourth time? Yeah. Um, and so, yes, there is a sense of justification there because people go, well, you have a lot. So mm. why are you being like that? As well as not everybody will have the same, what's the word I want to use? Um, feelings. Like we joke about having help in the house, but how many women do you know? Like, it's not that they can't afford to have help in the house, but we've been conditioned to do everything ourselves. Yeah. And so even saying to, like I've said to friends, why are you spending your Sunday night ironing when you can have somebody do that for you like you don't need a special skill to iron a shirt yeah. and there are you know like to me it's about creating when when I, and I, I mean the lady who helps um me michelle she has a name um like i could i would be lost without her like honestly yeah. so for me it looks like i get to do the things that i'm really good at she loves cleaning and she loves ironing and i'm like knock yourself out you know I know, but my mother-in-law lives with us and, and it's taken me, she's been 18 months she's nearly lived with us and it's taken me, I only just now can get ahead around the fact that she likes to clean. So I don't yeah. tidy up sometimes, right, certain yeah. things, because I know I, she likes to do it. Like, I, Yeah, so justifying like that, I remember when we lived in a two-bed flat, even my then husband, he was like, we don't need help. I'm like, well, I'm not, I was still working corporate 
um, you know, working nine to five and growing my business because I grew my business alongside my nine to five job for a while. So I was working my nine to five job and then coming home in the evening to work on my business. Like I don't like housework anyways, much less when I'm kind of doing a second shift and trying to get my business off the ground. And I remembered saying to him, well, you don't have to want a house. You know, I had a cleaner like twice a week at the time. I said, well, you don't have to like it because I'm paying for it. And this is the end of the discussion. Like, get your nonsense out of the way. The person's coming in. End of. But yeah, that's I an am- interesting point you've just made there. That, that he questioned it and you said, well, this is my power. Yeah. And I, I, this is my money. I'm paying for it. It's my choice. Absolutely. So there was a difference in the, the money there. That there's a, the, the, the exchange. It's not like it was our money and he has a part in the choice. No. Because I was no. earning it and I was paying it. And side note, I've never had a joint bank account with my husband. So I don't know what you, your view is on joint bank accounts. But I, for me, because I was already earning really well at the time that I got married, um, it just felt like giving away all of my power um, mm. to put or, or And I, yes, I know it might sound a bit weird, but for me, it just didn't feel right no there's no there's no right or wrong yeah and then thankfully yeah and then thankfully my um then partner he was like well yeah you know it works for so we just we've always had separate bank accounts um Mm. for the duration so yeah so it was it's not like well this is my money and this is your money we would have conversations and if things needed to be done you know we sort out who did what or where it came from so, mm. and we had each other's bank cards and pins. So it wasn't like it was hands off the other person. Yeah. Exactly. There was nothing secret. Um, however, at the end of the day, you had when it came to paying for the help, I was just like, well, hey, it's coming out of my bank account. So too bad. Like, get used to it. This is what's happening. Well, that's empowering, it better, right? You know. That's empowering. <laughs> that, that goes back to you've been doing what, you're, what you've described about you know where you're leaving the you've left the relationship now you had choice it's about choice Absolutely. and back then it was about choice Absolutely. Um, yeah I get that so what would you advice would you give your younger self if you were going to go back before I met you let's say 10 years and you are where you are now and you know you travel you travel you you know you were traveling when this the COVID-19 all happened yeah um I would say you live a, a fruitful and abundant life I don't Absolutely. I don't think it's yeah um, I, I don't know your bank balance. That's not none of my business. But I, I, I would, I would, right now would it's nice. half of what it was. Divorce will do that to you. <laughs> that's the other thing with divorce. Yeah, that's some yeah. reason why people will stay because they don't want to live. But yes. Um, so ten years ago, what would you, what would you, what would you whisper in your younger self's ear? So ten years ago. Um, I would say save more. Um, yeah, I think that would be the thing. S- save more and acquire more um, assets. Oop. What would you class as an asset? Can you hear me okay? Um, yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. Um, so when I say save more, I don't mean like be frugal. Because every trip, every pair of shoes, <laughs> you know, was totally worth it. And I look at them and I love them. Um, every cause that I could give to was worth it. But I think um, now I have like a 24-hour rule where um, 
if I want something, like if I, I, so I don't impulse buy unless it's like a really, really good sale offer of something that I was already looking for. So that's a side note. Another part of the advice, all sales aren't a good sale unless you are actually looking for the item. Sometimes we can go out, especially as women, mm-hmm. we like the shiny things mm-hmm. and we can go out and we'll see something, oh, it's on sale, but did you actually plan to buy that thing? Mm-hmm. You know, if you hadn't planned to buy it, then it's not that much of a saving because you're actually spending money that you, you didn't plan on spending. But if it's yeah. something that you'd plan to buy and it might be, oh, well, I was actually going to get that next month, but it's on sale now, so I'll get it this month, then great. You know, that's mm-hmm. a good financial decision. So, you know, just decision making like that from a place of like short, short term, the, the short term rush of the purchase versus the long term seeing it in my bank account. Um, yeah. And that's what I would do. I'd implement that 24 hour buying period, buying cool off <laughs> um, a lot sooner. I like that. I um, like that. Yeah. So if I, if I really like it, then I go home and it's like, okay, if I still really like it in 24 hours, I'll get yeah. it. Right. You know, if I don't really what? like it in 24, because then the buzz, the adrenaline of, oh my gosh, look at the, cause that has, has worn off or not. Um, and then you can decide, yes, I really want it. And in terms of saving more, because you asked me about assets, I haven't forgotten. Um, I think things like stocks, understand that a lot better. Stocks, bonds, long-term savings. Um, yeah, that's the sort of thing I would tell get myself. Educated, get basically. educated on um, 10 years ago, because even now where I'm at that stage where I'm, I am starting over in a lot of ways, you know, new home um, and all, and, and things like that, which does have a financial, so moving house is expensive at the best of times, you know, mm. um, moving house and splitting things down the middle is an interesting conversation to have. So even now starting over, I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm looking at it as an opportunity to make a different set of acquisitions um, in this stage of my life. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, so that's what I would say. Save more, um, give yourself that 24 hour cool off period before major purchases and, um, and yeah, acquire more assets, learn more about stocks and bonds and things like that as early as you can. And even if you don't understand it a hundred percent, cause I don't understand it a hundred percent, hire somebody that does. Like a lot mm. of times, yeah. women, we, we don't look at our money. We don't get up close and personal with our money. And part of not investing in assets is because we're afraid to, to, to even say, I don't understand. And mm. there's nothing wrong with saying you don't understand. It's just to find somebody who does understand. No, brilliant. Yes, exactly. And so what do you think was a key driver or nugget of knowledge that helped you shift from being you know paying the bills getting by to being in this more abundant situation where you are now what do you feel was the shift for you um I had a a funny I I shared a Facebook post about this recently and the thing that shifted was me understanding that my clients will always be willing to pay more um than I thought they would be willing to pay and I'll explain that a bit. And if for context, I think it boils down to understanding the value of, of, of myself and my knowledge and my expertise. 
and I know not everyone listening to this is a business owner, but I always think that women have something that they can monetize. Mm. So even if you are a mom at home with the children, like look at the activities that you do with your children and see if other moms wouldn't want to get information about the activities that you do with your children and monetize that. Yeah, I'm rubbish at that. You know, if you're, yeah, if you're working a nine to five, well, can you do something on a Saturday morning for two hours? Can you do something in the evening for two hours that, you know, can you go and learn a skill? So one of the things that I used to do is I used to teach um, event planning and I ran, ran an event planning and training company. And so I would always run workshops in the evenings and it would be, it would always make me feel really good to see how many women would leave their job and then come in the evening to do a course on starting an event planning business. Women are natural event planners. You're planning the children's birthdays. You're the one remembering all the things in the house. Monetize that. So even if you don't have a business, you have a skill that can be monetized. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was the shift for me. And I, I raised my fees exponentially almost overnight. And it came down to literally, we didn't have any money. And I don't mean that like we had a little bit. It was a oh shit moment. Hopefully I can say that. Um, and we didn't have any money. And at the time I was charging like 3,000 um, pounds for something. And we basically, that even if I'd made 3,000 pounds, it would have dissipated because that's how dire the situation was. And I literally, you know, when you have those 3 a.m. money sweats, well, I, I used to have them. Um, and you're like, what the heck are we going to do? And I just had this moment of, I need to sell a $10,000 program because anything else is not going to get us in any kind of a healthy situation. And I just thought, sod it I'm gonna do it and that's what I offered next because I thought well we can't get any more broke to be quite honest you know and it was in that moment of understanding my value and understanding like people are going to be willing to pay for this service I actually sold the 10,000 pound at the time I used to charge in pounds 10,000 pound package way easier than selling the 3,000 pound package and that was a huge aha moment for me And it's been the forefront of how I charge now, how I work now, um, and what I teach my clients. Amazing. So what do you want for your future self? (laughs) More money. (laughs) What are you going to do with it, though? What's your pony? What's my pony? Um, I donate a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I donate a lot. So the funny thing is, I'm not one for designer stuff and shoes and handbags. I I like shoes, but I'll buy a pair of shoes from anywhere. You know, it doesn't matter. Mm, I'll buy a a handbag from anywhere. You know, I don't actually own a designer handbag thinking about it. um, I'm I'm amazed by that. I I know, I don't. I was like, no, I don't actually own a designer handbag. I don't know. It just, for me, if I had to choose between buying, uh, you know, a thousand pound Prada bag and giving 900 pounds to a cause and buying a bag for 100 pounds I would choose to, d- to donate the money that's my pony and I'm not saying that to be you know altruistic because I fly no. everywhere so context um I do not yeah. have designer handbags but I spend a lot to get where I need to go in comfort um so you know better context so for me that's my pony to be able to give when 
you know, people are in need, either friends or family or um, causes. Like, again, right now we're having this conversation when it's been a complete, um, I don't even Black know. Black Lives Matter. The Black Lives Matter movement is, is having, you know, uh, Found, a big watershed moment. Um, mm. For context, this is a, a week after George Floyd got murdered. So I'm just saying that to people who are listening a year from now. Yeah. Yeah. The conversation. And so I was able to um, sponsor another Black woman to do a program, um, especially this week. I was able to donate to another. And I'm not, not saying that for praise, but I'm just saying like, that's no. what having money means to me. You know, mm. I'm in groups with a lot of businesswomen of color and black businesswomen, and we were really able to come together and mobilize and say, right, this cause needs support, this cause needs money, you know, let's do this together. And I was glad that I was able to say, right, I can put something to that, I can put something to that and not have but this is a subject you've talked about for a long time isn't it if we just talk about that for a second yeah it's this is this is not new to you it might be new to many but it's not new to you because I've known you a long time and you've 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 been quite outspoken about the subject for quite some time and you know I mean I even did a TEDx talk on unconscious bias so like this I know right it's amazing at all um, and I think but it's to be honest about this for a second, because if I have the other day, I had someone try and join my Facebook group and their name was like the longest name I've ever seen. And they probably came from somewhere like an Israel or Iraq kind of country. Mm-hmm. And you spoke in your TEDx talk about that unconscious bias. And I saw the name and your name popped up in my head, which is hilarious. And, I, and we do have natural bias yes. about many subjects without even realizing it yes we do so so yeah so it's been great to be in a position where I could contribute um and I couldn't and so that makes me feel good yeah am I gonna turn around like I mean you know I'm going to look at a three-bedroom penthouse on Friday do I need a three-bedroom penthouse no is the honest do do you want one but I want one Only if I can come for champagne, because I'm going to live quite close. Will will that eventually happen? I am trying to make a sensible financial decision. I'm confessing, so you all can follow up and ask me, Julia, did you take the penthouse or not? Um, But I'm just showing context, right? In one breath, Mm -hmm. I'm able to donate to social causes and be grateful that I have the resources to do that, especially now where it's really, really, it's always been needed, but more so. And on the other hand. I get to go and look at a place just for the heck of it and think, yeah, Julia, this is not making sense, but it's nice, you know? Mm. So that's what, I think that's my pony more than designer handbags. That said, I'm not going to deny myself the perfect designer handbag should I see one. (laughs) I get it. And And I love that you're so honest about all of that, that you're honest about you know, who you are, you know, you are a woman of colour, you support women of colour, you know, you, um, you know, you're, you're, you're an immigrant, you know, even that word, people used to say that word, and it was almost like a, a dirty word, and you say, but that's who I am, that's, I'm, I'm proud of my journey, like, I don't want to be, I, like, there's people, I mean, we could just have a whole conversation, whole about, conversation. about that in itself, like, I'm proud of that, and I know for some people, it, the word has negative connotations, but the, yeah, the word has negative connotations because of 
the media and because in in any sphere of society you're going to have people who um who let the side down i I didn't Mm. really i couldn't think of another way to say that and so yes there are always going to be those stories and if the media leads with immigrant man attack blah 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 as you know then then unfortunately like we take in those messages again Mm. the unconscious bias we take in those messages we see the picture of the person we see this unusual name and we come to a conclusion in that moment and what we don't realize is that when we see a similar picture and a similar unusual um to us name we still form that conclusion based on that initial idea and so you know I, I like speaking up because I want people to see a different picture and come to a different conclusion and like I'm not the spokesperson for successful black women everywhere like there are like they're black women who make me look you know like child's play and and hey I I like come on there's plenty of money in the world for everybody regardless of your ethnicity but Mm -hmm. at the same token um to, to get back to the cause as it were causes need money like a friend of mine says you have to fund the revolution and so if it means that for the rest of the year I can't like there's nobody's going long haul travel I'm not going long haul travel for the rest of the year so if it means making a decision to go okay Julia what you would have used towards your next trip you can donate it and you'll just go and you know hire a Airbnb in the Cotswolds and relax instead of going to Florida this year then fine because if that means that a woman gets to eat I I can live with that like I'm I'm cool with that no that's that's thank you for a start for being that person for for speaking out for you know and not just when it suits you know you've always done that it's not just because it's the right thing to do now you've done that regardless um and you know I'm just I wanted to say I'm learning and so thank you for for sharing and being open because that's where it starts and so so much love to you and thank you so much for joining me today um I'm I'd definitely love to have you back and I want to know if you've brought that penthouse or not um (laughs) I try not to to be quite honest I shouldn't even go and see it but yeah I'll keep you posted So I'll be looking forward to seeing what your future looks like maybe in a year's time and see what you've learned over that, that period of time. Um, so thank you, Julia. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Accelerate Your Wealth. If you'd like to take the steps to accelerate your wealth further, perhaps owning it more or maximizing it to its full potential, please do head over to our free Facebook group, The Money Mastery Collective, where we post regular updates on tips to maximize your wealth and also support you along the way. We'd love to see you there.